Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Law. My name is Ian, and I'm your host, and I thank you for tuning in today. If you have the chance, I would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Law Lockdown. Either way, I appreciate your support. Finally, I have another great episode for you today and a great guest. I hope you enjoy, but this one comes with a bit of a warning. There is some profane language in this episode. So if you are sensitive to this, tune out now. Otherwise, I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Law. My name is Ian. I'm your host, and I'm joined today by Mike from Minnesota, and he is the host of the Rational Boomer podcast. Mike, thanks for joining me today. No problem. Happy to do it. You're the first guy that asked me to come to do it. You're actually not the first guy to ask me to do a podcast. You're the first guy to actually follow up with it. Well, you're quite the TikTok star too, huh? <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. I, I've worked in radio most of my life. And uh, so being in front of the mic, not so much in the front of the camera, because I'm not a, really a camera guy. Um, I've done a lot of stuff on Facebook. And my goal was always to kind of build a platform because of, as being a radio guy who's kind of retired now, that's the one thing I know how to do. So I went out of TikTok. And at first I started thinking, what the hell am I going to do? How am I going to get in these trends? How am I going to get a big audience? And I realized you're 61. You're not especially attractive for your age. You can't dance. You can't lip sync. So just do what you do and let's see where the chips fall. And that's what I did. And my goal was to maybe get about 10,000 followers, but then all of a sudden I kept going and kept going. Now I have a grandniece that every time I see her, we're out in public. She's running around going, he's TikTok famous. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which I don't normally promote. Well, it is impressive. Um, so how'd you get into radio? Uh, partially because I was lazy, because I really didn't want to work hard at a job. But I was in, actually, I was in junior high school. And there was this kind of magnet program that was tied to my high school that was at another location. And you could uh, audition to be on an actual live 5,000 watt FM radio station run by the Minneapolis public school. So I auditioned for it. I always kind of talked a lot and I got in and it was an experience learning how to work in radio and did news. I did a lot of sports play by play. Uh, I did a lot of stuff and I got to meet a lot of people, famous people, even by being working with the sports and the news stuff. So I got into it there and a lot of people, a lot of people don't, didn't continue on into the radio business, but uh I did because, again, I said I was lazy and I figured this would be easy. Um, and, and and it was kind of. It's not a great business to get into, not then and certainly not now. But uh, from there, I kind of got to know people. I made connections. I kind of interned and helped out some bigger radio guys in town while I was in high school. And that kind of brought me to other jobs. I did the obligatory job in the middle of nowhere in some tiny ass town in the middle of no place. I did that and I came back. And then when I was 21, <laughs> I figured, man, I know this all. So then I, I started a recording studio. And that the intention was that was to um, produce commercials and that sort of thing, because I had been in production a lot in the radio stations I worked for. 
while still working for some radio stations and uh, um, also got into doing uh, some audio books and even got into the music business. And that was a tough business. I didn't make a lot of money in this. I had a lot of fun, met a lot of people, and I sold that. I continued in radio to a certain amount of time, and then I ultimately I had to do something where I really made money. And uh, I, I, I did some other things uh, later on. And when I retired, uh, well, no. Uh, what I also did is I, I took a job that I wouldn't normally take. The station that I got my experience in when I was in high school is a 5,000-watt radio station. They went into uh, um, a contract with the Minnesota Department of Transportation. And they wanted to do traffic reports. The reason why the DOT wanted to do traffic reports is because they felt the traffic reports really didn't help much. They were basically two seconds in a commercial. And they wanted to help utilize that to help manage traffic. So they got the contract. They hired me. I said, why do you want me? I don't know anything about traffic. Don't want to do traffic. They said, well, there's a bunch of cameras all over the freeways. Why don't you just do it like you do play-by-play of uh, uh, of sports, do play-by-play of traffic. Well, I'd sold my company, my 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 uh, recording studio, and uh, I took the job because I had a wife, a kid, a house, and I needed money. And <laughs> my wife is particularly fond of money, uh, so it was important that I keep her happy. And so I took that job. I actually stayed there for 27 years. Part I, I, I kind of took ownership of it, but it was very tedious and very boring after a period of time. And ultimately I retired from that and then did some other things and then started doing TikTok and now podcast. The goal was the podcast, not TikTok. Well, I love the title to your podcast, Rational Boomer. It's uh, it's brilliant. And a lot of your videos are political in nature. Have you always been interested in politics? Um, yeah. Not, not, not as intensely as I am now. I think the whole Donald Trump thing really got me to speak out more, mainly because, in all honesty, I saw how bad the situation was. And uh, I'm the kind of guy that likes to speak out. I speak my mind. And as my family knows, I don't really worry about what other people think. If they like me, great. If they don't, I don't really care. But the the Trump thing really was the thing that was the impetus to do what I'm doing right now. I do a lot of stuff. You know, I, I love telling stories. I love talking about my nostalgia. I have a million stories from my life from the time I was in high school to the time I was in 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 broadcasting in different places. I I, I people know I'm known as telling a lot of stories and they tend to be kind of interesting. That's a aptitude I have. Uh, and I've tried some of those things, but they just don't grasp as many people as me talking about politics. So I kind of stuck with what works. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm a 61-year-old man, receding hairline and out of shape. If, if I find something that people like, I'm just sticking with it. <laughs> well said. Well, which living person do you most admire? Oh, most. Ah, uh, you want a real answer to that? Of course. Now, see, now see, the thing is, everybody's going to say, well, this or this. Right at this moment, the person I admire most is my 15-month-old granddaughter. I'm just enthralled with this kid. 
because I see the potential in the future she's going to have. And I know that I can have some impact on it. I love this kid more than anything I've ever seen. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people in politics. I don't honestly trust many politicians. I'm not Democrat or Republican. I beat up the Republicans and Donald Trump only because they're pieces of crap. But if, if you're just talking about admiring somebody, and I don't admire a lot of people, I respect people, but I don't necessarily admire a lot of people, but I admire the hell out of her. Yeah, that's cool. I have a two-year-old son, and being a father has really changed the way I look at life. I'm a lot more optimistic, which is a good thing. Well, you have to be. You yeah. have to be optimistic. And now you feel responsible for the future. I mean, it's real tough. I mean, a lot of people say, well, when my kid's 18, it's, I'm done. He's gone. No, I got a kid that's 27 and a kid that's 32. They need help. I got to be there. And that's, you know, it's a lifetime thing. And, and, and you really want to do the best for your kids. And I tell people, I've had people ask me this, if you're a young parent, the best way to have success with your kids and raising your kids First and foremost, you just make them your first priority. That means priority over you, priority over your work, and priority over everything. Once they're your priority and you pay attention and, 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 and take care of them, that's when your kids are going to turn out well. Yeah, that's good advice. Okay, a couple more background questions on you, and then we'll talk a little politics. Sure. When and where were you the happiest in your life? God, you know, I'm a pretty optimistic guy. So most of the time I'm pretty happy. I am. I, I, uh, I live by the rule that whatever happened yesterday is gone. I forget about it. I don't worry about what people think about me. A lot of people struggle with anxiety, even in my own family. I literally have no anxiety. There are things I worry about, but in the period of time they need to be worried about, then they're gone. Um, God, there's so many. I mean, um, when you're young and carefree in high school, that's a happy time. When I got married, that was a happy time. I got two sons when when they were born and the time I spent with them, that was happy. I think I'm happy most of the time, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't know if I could pick one time when I was most happiest. It wasn't necessarily any business. You know, there are things I'm excited about in business uh, that I succeed in. Uh, certainly, I'll be honest with you, right now, if I was to absolutely pick the happiest time, it would be right now because my kids are growing up and they're doing well and they're successful. So I've done my job. I got a grandkid that I absolutely adore. My wife and I are now on our own again and we can spend time together, travel and do a bunch of things. We have that luxury. So really, if I was to pick my happiest time, not to diminish any of the other things that happen, it'd be right now because awesome. I'm only really worried about right now. Yeah. Well, it seems like you retired at the right time and you can still speak your mind. So that's a beautiful thing. Well, I retired at the right time, but I didn't retire at the time I would. The organization I work for, this radio station that was owned by the school system. And I tell this story because I, I, I know other people are struggling through this. This station or this group, this district was pushing some of the older guys out, you know, some of the older guys at the radio station because they were making too much money and they were kicking them out. I never thought that would happen to me because the job I was doing was generating a lot of money for them. And the people like me and the uh, vendor, the DOT like me, I didn't think they'd do it, but they did. 
and they started running me through the process. And I did the one thing everybody dreams of doing. I'm sitting in my third and final, <laughs> third and final meeting in 18 months after having 27 years of having no meetings like these. Um, and I asked the union rep, it seems like I'm in the process. Are they going to fire me today? And they said, probably. I go, you know, that's bullshit. And, I, and they said, yeah, I know, but they're going to do it. I said, okay. So when they sat down, <laughs> we sat down, there's my alleged boss who was a kid who didn't know anything. And there was this administrator sitting next to me and they said, okay, let's discuss what's going on. I said, can I speak first? And they said, absolutely. So I spent about five minutes tearing my boss to shreds for his inability and ineptitudes. And then the lady looked at me, she says, you're done. I said, with him, she says, you have more to say. I said, I absolutely do. I want to retire today. And she said, today? I said, yeah, go get the paperwork. Let's retire <laughs> right now. And the reason I did that is because I saw they were being shady about pushing me out, and I never thought they'd push me out. So my concern was, if they're shady enough to do that, are they shady enough to try to beat me out of my pension or any other benefits I might get? So I want to cut that short. So I, I retired right on the spot. Now, imagine this. You're married, right? Yes, sir. Walking out. I'm happy as a lark because now I can say whatever I want to anybody I want. But now I got to call my wife and say, oh, yeah, I just retired. Yeah. <laughs> did not go well. I think she still struggles with it. I explained to her why I did it. I thought it was the best choice at the time because I didn't want to get fired and lose everything I had. Not to say that that was going to happen, but I didn't know. So I just retired. So well, I didn't retire when I wanted to. I did retire when I needed to. You went out on your own terms, right? Yeah, and it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Wife didn't think it was fun. No, but I mean, uh, we figured it, it out. We're fine. Yeah, it's yeah, probably a little, a little scary at first, right? Well, it is, but I had a side job that I did that made pretty good money, and then I just did it full time. So it wasn't like. I sat on uh, on my hands and 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 worried about it all the time. I knew I could make it up, <clears throat> and I was happy not to have to go through what I was going through, which was pretty tedious and boring after twenty seven years. Well, as a baby boomer with a lot of life experience, what's your advice for the younger generation? Oh, I'm glad you asked me that. I was thinking about this for my granddaughter. What I want to tell her before I die. And I think a lot of people don't do this. It's funny. I run into a lot of people that have anxieties and are worried about what people think and all this stuff. First and foremost, whatever you do, be bold. Be bold about it. Those are the people that succeed, the people that are bold. And you have to be confident. Confidence is the key to everything. Now, if you don't have confidence, there's a way to build confidence. And what that is, is take little things that you can succeed at. Acknowledge that win and build your confidence that way, but always be confident. Don't look back at what happened in the past. Don't agonize about past problems or, or trauma. Just keep pushing forward. And, and don't worry so much about what people think. Because here's the thing. I can sit here and try to be nice to you so you like me, but you still might not like me. You just won't tell me that. And that's the case with everybody. Just be who you are and take what you get. 
they like you, they don't like you. That's a tact I took on, on TikTok. I knew I was kind of an oddity out there, or at least I thought I was. Now I don't think so. But I was just going to do me. If it didn't work, I'd stop doing it. If it did work, I'd keep doing it. And I'm still doing it. That's well said. I, I feel for the younger generation now, there's a lot of self-censorship. I don't think it's ever been like this before. You can't really speak your mind. You got to be careful what you put on social media. People want to, you know, get you fired. Um, That's true. So that is kind of a tr troubling part of our current state of free speech. That's what I tell people. I say I'm one of the few people that truly have their First Amendment rights. I can say what I want, not worry about what anybody thinks about it, and keep doing it. But everybody else, friends of mine, kids, you know, that, that's the one thing. With my podcast, I'd like to have somebody else on me with it, with me on it. Uh, but they're all, there are time constraints, of course, and you need to be somewhat consistent with the podcast. But they're all afraid to either say something themselves <laughs> or have their goofball buddy say something that's going to piss off their family or their business. So it's real tough. And, and I feel fortunate. And that's what I felt when I walked out of that retirement. I finally have freedom to say what I want, to say what I think. And most people don't have that. I, I feel bad about that. There's a lot of judgment about, about that. And people don't have the right to have their own opinion. It's sad. Yeah. And it, it shouldn't be. Yeah, that is uh, definitely one of the biggest issues I think facing our country because the best way to combat bad speech is with good speech, not with censorship. Absolutely. And when you censor people, you drive them underground and things get worse. If you bring it out in the open, uh, more often than not, you know, you can maybe change their mind, right? Absolutely. And, you know, that, I get that a lot. You know, people will say to me, you're 61 years old, you're on TikTok, you do a podcast, you say all these things, you really think you're going to do any good? And I said, it depends on what you mean. Do you think I'm going to fix it by saying what I'm saying? I said, no, I don't. One person can't fix it. But if I can go out and say it, maybe inspire or, <coughs> excuse me, to uh, have somebody else decide they want to speak up or at least follow me, that's the, that's the interesting thing about the TikTok thing. I went from zero followers. I have now 80,000 followers, which is crazy for somebody like me to have. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all those followers. And the whole point of it was not to teach Republicans or anything. It was to try to bring together people of a like mind, because I know there's a lot of people of my age, of my mindset, but they really had no place to go. And they don't feel comfortable speaking out either for retribution or they're just not comfortable doing it. I get a lot of people who come to me of my age that say, I really like what you're saying. It's like you were thinking in my own mind. And a lot of them feel like I'm speaking for them. And I told them, I said, look, if we can get 100,000 or 50,000 or 20,000, whatever it is, we're a group. And if I'm the only one that can feel free to speak, that's fine. But what's behind me is a huge group, which offers a voice and offers some power. And that's what I'd really like to do with the rational boomer thing. I picked rational boomer because it's a contradiction. You see an old white guy with gray hair that's receding, walking down the street. You go, oh, there's a Trumper. Yeah, he's a racist. But then all of a sudden, I'm a contradiction of it. And I'm not the only one. That's what I tell people. 
you come to the podcast, you come to TikTok. I'm not the rational boomer. I'm a rational boomer amongst millions. Yeah. Well, I think another big issue facing our country today is something that George Washington warned us about in his farewell speech, and that's the danger of political parties. And actually, a, oh, lot, yeah. of the, um, a lot of the founders specifically warned about the dangers of a, a two-party system. And I think, um, you know, now a lot of people think, oh, you're either a good person or a bad person, depending on which party you support. And there's a lot of nuance, and I wish we had more options. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I tell people on TikTok and podcasts and anywhere I can tell them I don't join clubs. And this, I, I'm Christian and I believe in God and all that stuff. You can like it or not like it, I don't care, but I don't belong to a church. And I don't like parties either because these are humans that created this party. These are humans that created the rules. They have agendas and they are flawed. I liken it to whether it be belonging to a church or a political party. It's like going, you can either go to the well and get the wine, or wine, I don't even drink, get the water. Or you can take that water and run it through a dirty pipe. And that's what clubs are, whether they be a party or a religion in my mind. I'm not saying everybody has to think that. But if it has to go through the hands of a mere mortal, there's going to be flaws and there's going to be problems with it. So for me, in terms of religion, I just go right to God. And as far as parties in, the, in, in politics, I don't make choices based on political parties. You know, I rant and rave about the Republicans and Donald Trump, but I'm the first one to tell you the Democrats weren't a whole lot better prior to Donald Trump. They weren't a whole lot better. So I'm not going to go all in with the Democrats. In fact, I did a TikTok talking kind of negatively about Biden. We need to get rid of this filibuster. He doesn't want to. Why? Well, because it's a counterbalance for everybody who's in the minority. They don't want to give it up. I say, look, let's, let's have a democracy. 51 votes wins. Majority rules. Of course, that's not going to go well when the Republicans have it or the Democrats. That just gives you more impetus to vote Democrat. But what we have now, nothing gets done because of political parties. They're all posturing and, you know, they got money from big companies or rich people. And that's Democrats and Republicans. I think parties are horrible. There's no value in the parties other than funneling money to the people who get elected. That's the only good it does. Yeah. And I'm kind of trying to be practical with solutions. So I've been thinking a lot about this. What if we started by just, you know, with the idea of giving people more options, we have the Democrats put up two people, we have the Republicans put up two people, and maybe throw in a libertarian. We have five options. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think it's good, but but it comes down to who has the most money. I think we limit how much money everybody gets, and everybody gets the same. So they start on the same platform. I mean, you can split it up like that, but if the Republicans have all the money, they're going to beat the other guys because they got the money and the exposure. So, I mean, I'd like to see people just see a list of five people that are running for president and pick out the best choice. But 
I'll give you an example. When we had the 2020 election, 81 people vote, 81 million people voted for Joe Biden. That was unprecedented. Republicans think something was wrong because 81 million voted. But the fact of the matter is the reason 81 million voted is because of Donald Trump. He scared the shit out of a lot of people and they came out and voted. Now they say Donald Trump got 74 million. So everybody's thinking 74 million believe exactly what Donald Trump believes. That's not true. There's a base of about 30%. The rest of the people vote Republican because they always voted Republican. They can't vote Democrat. Grandpa voted for Republican, so I'm voting for Republican. That split is what caused the amount of people to vote for Donald Trump. Now, had they had another choice, probably would have been a different story. And I wish they would have had a different choice. But the parties are really ruining politics and ultimately ruining, ruining this government because all the power is taken away from us and handed to the politicians. And that's not how George Washington or any other forefathers wanted it to be. I mean, we should really, if you want to stick to the Constitution, let's stick to the Constitution. Yeah, well said. I, I like your point about money, too. If we could, you know, somehow turn this into public funding when people run for Congress or the presidency, that would probably do our country a lot of good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, and, and people will come to me and they'll say, well, what we need is term limits. Yeah, that's true. But it's never going to happen because the people that have to vote for term limits are the people that are going to be affected. So, no, it's not going to happen. We have to change a way to get term limits. It's not going to happen the way it is. I'd love to see it, but I have to be realistic. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, another big problem I see with our country today is if you look at how the founders set up our Constitution the executive branch, the presidency was supposed to be a pretty weak position. You know, the power right. to declare war is with Congress. Um, the Supreme Court is reactionary. It reacts to Congress's laws. And Congress was supposed to be the most powerful branch. Um, so I think we need to limit the powers of the presidency. And I also think that they should be forced to live together like they did back in the day go to Congress, live there together for a couple months, like a family, maybe have dinners together. Um, right. Then now what they do is they fly in and fly out and talk smack on Twitter. What, what are exactly. You <laughs> well, one of the things they have to do with the presidency, the biggest problem we had during the presidency, the idea that there's some memo floating around that says, oh, you can't indict the president. You can't hold him accountable for doing illegal shit. Now, most presidents won't do that kind of stuff, but now we got Donald Trump and we have to assume there could be another one down the line just like it. The idea of not indicting somebody um, for a criminal action and then in the same thing say nobody's above the law, that's a contradiction. If you're president and you break a law, you should be accountable for it. You don't get four years of free reign to do whatever the hell you want. Yes, it would be a problem to indict a sitting president, but we clearly have seen what it does when you don't indict a sitting president. So maybe we need to change that up and make everybody accountable and make sure, I mean, put it this way, you're not going to have, if a sitting president can be indicted, you're probably never going to have to indict one because they know there's a problem. There's some kind of accountability there. There's some kind of pressure to not do the shit that 
Donald Trump or somebody else wanted to do. So we got to get rid of that first thing. And I, I, I would hope that Biden would say, OK, we're not going to address this memo. See, that it's a memo. It's not a law. It's something that the DOJ has just uh, sided with because somebody wrote it a long time ago. It's not in the Constitution. It's not a law. It's just some freaking memo. If you break a law, you should be accountable. If you're accountable, you're less likely to take the chance to break a law. Simple as that. Yeah, I think uh, President Ford set a very bad precedent by pardoning um, Nixon. And uh, that, that wasn't a good thing. Although I have done a, a deep dive, gone down a rabbit hole with President Nixon, and he did a lot of good things. He was responsible for the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act, the Endangered Species Act. Um, he, he founded the EPA. So that surprised me. But other than that, you know, maybe Ford should have been a little harsher on him. Nixon had a similar personality to Donald Trump. He was narcissistic. He was sociopathic and he was a pathological liar. He had people break into the Democratic headquarters or whatever. And and for that, he was guilty. But if you're looking at just that, that's about one one tenth of what Donald Trump did. Now, the big difference between Donald Trump and Richard Nixon, Richard Nixon had some intelligence. Richard Nixon had some political savvy. He had done this. He'd been there before. He was VP. Donald Trump's just some clown getting out of a clown car, thinking he can do whatever he wants, don't take advice from anybody, and just starts, you know, riffing. That's all he did. And it was all about benefiting him, not benefiting the country or anybody else. So Donald Trump and Nixon can be compared, but Donald Trump is far worse. Nixon, I, you know, I was, I was alive when Nixon was president. I was alive when they went through Watergate. I was young, but I watched it. And uh, <laughs> you think about him getting run out of office for having people break into the Democratic headquarters. Think if that happened now. That'd barely make the news when you've got people committing insurrection, for Christ's sake. Yeah, wow. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I blame the news. A lot. I play, blame the media a lot for what happened. The media, you know, I've been part of the media, and you can talk about Fox, OAN, and Newsmax, but you got to consider MSNBC, you got to consider uh, ABC, CBS, uh, CNN, all these people gave legitimacy to Donald Trump. He was good TV, he was good ratings, at a time when he was not expected to even be a shot at the presidency. But because they put him out there and they decided to go after viewers or listeners over and above everything else, they gave him a platform, they gave him legitimacy, and they have to take responsibility as much as anybody for him being in office. Absolutely, and I think, um... That's why podcasts are becoming so popular now as people are fed up with the mainstream media, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I'll just tell you that I've been in radio for years. I was doing traffic reports. You, you maybe don't even remember when podcasts first were announced that they were going to happen. We're talking 15, 20 years ago, okay? When I saw that, I thought, wow. I mean, I could just record something, put it out there, and people listening to it. I'm doing traffic, so I got no creative outlet. 
Uh, so I just started doing podcasts. I I created a pod, you know, it was of the era of, of, of I, I said, well, I'm going to get a psychic. <laughs> I, I had a psychic. I had some Ghostbusters. Oh, I had a, a guy that taught people how to spend their money, but not their 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 investments. The little guy trying to get out of debt and try to just live his life. We called it the Average Joe Money Show. Probably the best name I had for any of the podcast but i did five or six shows uh, at the same time i was the moderator of all of them because i was excited about this stuff i got some listeners but when i when i got down to it i, I thought ah, this is too early i mean i'm not going to get enough listeners there's no way to make money from it um i'm a young guy i got kids and a wife and she's not going to buy into this shit so i quit doing it i hadn't done it for years my goal was always to get back to podcasting and and uh, TikTok was a way to try to build a platform to ultimately try to get some of them to come over to the podcast. Yeah, well, well, that's smart. I think another major issue facing our country today is the prison system. We incarcerate more people than any other country in the world, which is alarming because India and China have one billion more people than us. Um, you're incarcerating people um, for nonviolent drug offenses, um, and it's tearing up families, costing us a lot of money. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, we've got a lot of people in jail for marijuana, and that's absolutely ridiculous. Spending long periods of time in jail for um, marijuana, and then we get somebody like Paul Manafort, who was a foreign agent of another country toward us and he's in jail for a short time and then gets pardoned it's absolutely ridiculous secondly there's way too many prisons that are private so it's a money-making organization and if you don't think the politicians who help get these people in this place aren't getting a taste <laughs> you'd be you'd be wrong so there's way too much money in it there's there's a lot of money i, I tell my wife this she said you want to do this i go there's no money in it and I don't mean literally there's no money in it, but there's no reason to do it. They do that with the private private uh, prisons because there's money in it for a lot of people. And the last thing was we got to deal with the police reform. We got people getting bum rushed into jail that don't belong in jail, whether the level of the offense or that they're 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 absolutely innocent. This is the one thing that always struck me about police and and prosecuting attorneys or, or, or the prosecution in any state. And this is where the problems come in. Police find somebody they, they think is, is guilty. They don't do investigation to say, well, he may be guilty. What do we find out? Nope, he's guilty. I'm focused on him. He's guilty. They get it to the prosecutor. He doesn't say, is this right? Is this best? My only goal is to get this guy convicted. Now, this guy could be innocent. They have stopped looking for other options, and all they're focusing on getting the conviction, getting the win, getting the bust. Yeah. And that whole process needs to be addressed, and I don't even know how you do that. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's not easy to fix, but we can start by, you know, releasing the nonviolent drug offenders and giving absolutely help. You know, that's another Anybody thing. With yeah, anybody with small amounts of marijuana that's still in jail, they should let his ass out. Right. Yeah, agreed. 
Well, the last thing I really wanted to talk to you about, I think the, another huge issue facing our country today is what uh, Eisenhower warned of, and that's the military industrial complex and all these wars. Um, you know, I, I read the other day that the United States military is also one of the biggest polluters um, in the world. I think it pollutes more than like 70 countries or something like that. What are your thoughts on that and how do we how do we fix that? Well, I, I would say this. Uh, I was born in 1960. Eisenhower left office in 61, giving off to Kennedy, right? But as far as Republican presidents, Dwight D. Eisenhower is my favorite because he he talked about the military complex and uh, he knew what was going to happen back then. Again, it's about money. I always get a kick out of people who will say, well, we can't, we can't give $500 billion to this social issue. We need to study it. We need to look at it. But then they'll give $740 billion to the uh, uh, Defense Department. Nobody says a damn thing. Nobody investigates it. Nobody questions it. But $740 billion is going somewhere. And it's not just buying boots for the guys on the ground. There is plenty of people making a lot of money. I'll tell you the one thing I learned when I worked with the DOT and, um, and government in general. And I talked about it. Of course, I wasn't very popular because I talked about it. But there was so much waste and so much grift going on in government. On a small scale like the state, I can't imagine what would be the scale would be on the federal level and in the Defense Department. This is like sacrosanct. We got to give them as much money as we can, even though we're putting in triple the three closest to us. Nobody questions it. And the money goes in and it disappears somewhere and we don't know where it is. Ah, oh, we just built a big rocket. Well, yeah, why, why, why don't you give us some, some numbers for that so we know exactly where the money goes? We don't know where the money goes. Um, it's... It's a big problem in this country. There's a lot of grift going on. There's a lot of shady people in this business. Uh, there's a lot of people that uh, are maybe doing untoward things with the money as a means to an end. You know, we like, for example, you go back to Reagan and Iran Contra. We don't know exactly what went on, but we know what went on was not good and it involved money and it involved our Department of Defense. And that's why there was all kinds of problems with it. Yeah, the, the military thing is troubling, and it's a big problem. That's the thing in this government. One of the things I said about Donald Trump before he came in office, or as he came in office, I said the only two good things that Donald Trump can bring us is he may destroy the Republican Party, and he did. Then I said he might also destroy the whole freaking system, which is scary and put us in a bad place if it happens. But it may be the one thing we need in order to get things straight again. We need a do-over because there's so much stuff, so much money going places we don't know. People are just grifting and, 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 and taking money, and we don't know where it's going. And the important thing is it's coming from us. Clearly, it's not coming from the rich guys because they don't pay taxes, we find out. It's coming from us. It's great to take the money from us and give it to defense or give it to the rich people as a tax break. But if you're an investor, the best place to put your money 
is in the place that's most productive for you. That's us. And if we can perpetuate the middle class, we can continue to live the lives we want to do. So the investment should go back into us without question. But that's what they want to do. They'll send it to the Defense Department with no questions asked. But if we want health care, they're going, oh, no, we can't afford that. Well, you can afford all this other shit. Yeah, that's an excellent point. It's so frustrating to me that in our country, people still go bankrupt from from medical bills. And the that should not happen in this country. No, it shouldn't, especially considering the amount of money we spend uh, on the military, right? Absolutely. I mean, I don't know where it came from that um, having decent health care is a bad thing. I mean, every other country near us has free health care. Let me put it to you this way. And I said this in a TikTok today. Marjorie Taylor Greene said regarding people dying in her state from COVID. They said, do you feel guilty about it? She said, no. And she kind of laughed about it. She says, I think everybody should be responsible for themselves. Now, if I was doing that interview, the next question would be, Marjorie, what's the first job of government? Of course, she wouldn't know. So I'd have to tell her. The first job of government is to protect its citizens from foreign and domestic threats. That's not just terrorists. That's the pandemic. That's health care. People dying too early or not being able to afford things. That's on the government. It's their job to protect us and do whatever they can to do that. That's why they take our money. So health care should come into that conversation. They like to exclude it, but it should be in that con. Because whether you get shot by a domestic or foreign terrorist or die of cancer unnecessarily, you're still dead. And so somehow government and the people that follow these clowns has to be initiated on, <laughs> on what that actually means. Well, let's end on a positive note. I still believe that uh, this is the greatest country on earth. You know, our constitution is not perfect, but uh, it's kept us together for quite some time. Uh, the checks and balances it puts on the government, individual rights for the people, self-governance. Um, I forget the philosopher, I think Thomas Hobbes said the state of nature is nasty, brutish, and short. So the alternative right. is not good. So um, we're fortunate to uh, to be in this country and still speak our mind. Um, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, I really appreciate I just want to say I, I just want to say one more thing. It's sure. another thing that adds that I would tell people because people get they agonize over bad things that are happening in this country or to themselves. What I've learned over 61 years, you keep pushing forward because it always gets better. My wife is one of these people that agonize about it. She goes, aren't you worried about this? Aren't you worried about that? I said, well, I'm 61. We've gone through worse stuff. I'm still here and I'm happy. So just keep pushing forward. It always gets better as long as you focus on what you need to do. Exactly. And you put in the hard work. If you get involved even right. at the local level, you can make a huge difference, you know, so speak up. That's yeah. what I said. You know, you got to speak up and get others speaking up and inform people. Absolutely. Hey, Mike, thanks for coming on to my podcast. I really enjoyed talking with you. No, pro no problem. I have I have a good time coming on and talking to you. And it's I get a lot of negative people and I just pretty much blow them off. So it's nice to talk to somebody, as I've said before, of a like mind. Wonderful.
The information provided in this podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available on this podcast are for general informational purposes only. Information in this podcast may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners of this podcast should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. No reader or listener to this podcast should act or refrain from acting on the basis of information on this podcast without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. Use of and access to this podcast or any of the resources contained within the podcast do not create an attorney-client relationship. The views expressed at or through this podcast are those of the individual author writing in their individual capacities only, not those of their respective employers. All liability with respect to actions taken or not taken based on the contents of this podcast are hereby expressly disclaimed. The content on this posting is provided as is. No representations are made that the content is error-free.